What's good, everyone? This is the Demo Team Podcast, and uh, we're having Thanksgiving with Martin Bianchini this year. <laughs> Turkey Day. How are you doing, Martin? Did I say good, your I'm... last name right? Say it again. Bianchini? Good enough. Good enough. All right. So what, what's uh, the actual pronunciation so we stop butchering it? Uh, I always say Bianchini, uh, but you could say it however you want, man. Let it out. All right. I mean, we said it multiple ways on here before, so <laughs> I think yeah, I think I usually just go with a Bianchini, which I don't know. I guess it's more of like a Italian pronunciation. I think maybe. I yeah. I uh, I've, I've had it said many different ways. So Let, let's talk about the origin of your uh, last name. Like, where are your uh, ancestors from? <laughs> uh, so. I have no idea. I think some people are from Italy. Some people are Native American and some other stuff there in between. But I don't really know too much about my uh, my ancestors. All right. Well, I mean, I'm sure every, anybody who's tunes in knows where you're from. Obviously, secret band, frequent uh, Dance Gavin Dance collaborator. You have your own uh, podcast now? <laughs> yeah, I had I did it like two years ago. And, oh, uh, yeah, and I just only did a few episodes, and then uh, life got in the way and other responsibility things. <laughs> so I just kind of shelved it for a while, and then I got bored and recorded a conversation with my dad. Oh, nice. Yeah, so how have you been uh, navigating these uh, strange times that we're in? The era of the COVID? Yes. Uh, I've just been working. It's not. It's really hasn't been too different for me. Um, I don't really do much anyway, so staying inside isn't too bad. Um, but yeah, just working and and then uh, working on other various uh, projects and stuff. So not too bad. Yeah, would you say that that uh you've been able to dedicate you know a good amount of time into into music? You would think so, but uh, <laughs> I've been working on uh, my house a lot lately. It's gone to that, but I, there's been a few musical um, uh, moments to kind of uh, to work on some stuff, but most of it's gone to the house. Right that's on, okay. which, I mean, that that's actually, like, you know, a good way to be productive, like, during this time is definitely uh, work on your home, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like to give myself a break from working on music sometimes. After a while, for me, it gets kind of, like, a little too work, you know? And uh, I kind of start having some stale ideas, so I, I kind of, I don't mind stepping back from working on music and stuff, you know, and things like that. That way, kind of let the the creative juices uh, build back up and and uh, allow my mind to relax and worry about other things. So definitely, okay, and um, I I know that everybody tuning in, uh, like they they want to hear us talk about like like home ownership and stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as somebody who's <laughs> Somebody who's like actually uh, looking to to buy a house soon. Is there any kind of uh, tips that you would say that I guess um, aren't 
somewhat like yeah somewhat as obvious as as other things when you're trying to buy a home maybe something to look out for other than yeah. obviously like mold and yeah. you know <laughs> i'm sorry where's this would... coming from <laughs> This is coming from a deep, dark place, and I'll answer that question. Uh, so, <laughs> my suggestion was would be to find yourself a significant other and have them do Oof. all the tough paperwork signing, and then you just wait for them to say, sign here, initial this, you know, pay me this much, and let them take care of all the hard work, and you just kind of go along with it, easy peasy. That's my, uh, that's my tip for buying a home. Funny thing that you mentioned that that's exactly like my uh, situation. Shout out to to my Your wife, wife. Aaron. She's doing all the my wife all all the looking like on Zillow and talking to realtors, and I'm just like, all right, well, show me a place that that you like, and if I like it, we'll you know I'll sign off on it and and pay it. Dude, and... it sounds like you're right on track, man. You are <laughs> right on track. Yeah, I I uh, looked out, man. <laughs> Happy wife, happy life, man. So they yeah. Um. So yeah, before we get into uh, secret band and and dance, Gavin dance, can you tell us like how did you get started, like getting into music? Maybe what were you listening to in uh, middle school and high school that kind of uh, inspired you to start playing guitar? Um. Deep dive. Let's see. Um. I think, I think what initially got me wanting to even play the guitar was a music video, and uh, I was with my mom, and she she was she got into some like weird fucking country phase and had CMT on, and it was some you know country music video and a guy playing like a red strat. I just remember thinking like that looks kind of cool, and I told her about it, um, and then. Uh, and then she surprised me. I can't remember what the occasion was, but uh, she showed up with a guitar. And unfortunately, it was a cla- it was you know a small classical guitar, not a rad red uh, electric <laughs> guitar. But yeah, this was I think it was about like first or second grade. Um, and then I took lessons for maybe about a year, and then stopped for a few years. Um. And then, you know, in between that time, I started getting into, you know, different variations of rock music. And I think it was, it was, I was listening to a lot of Green Day back then. And uh, every Are year we, I would Where we all? Right, exactly. <laughs> Good starter for like beginner guitar stuff. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and so I would just ask my parents every year, you know, for like my birthday and Christmas, if I could get a guitar. And then finally my dad took me out to a pawn shop and, uh, with his weird uh, neighbor friend, and we picked out a guitar, which I still have. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that, that was, I think that was eighth grade. And pretty much ever since then, up until, you know, recently with all these other priorities and responsibilities, but uh, ever since, like, I think eighth grade, I've just been playing, like, you know, playing guitar and doing it ever since then. That's awesome. Fun fact, the first uh, guitar riff that I ever learned was when I come around. Oh, like, nice. Okay. And uh, I haven't progressed or gotten much better, you know, since I learned that back in freshman year of high school. That's okay, man. You peaked <laughs> high, brother. Don't worry about it. 
you were on top of the mountain. Um, All right, Green Day got that much better either. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So like, like, uh, kind of uh, staying in that like high school time or like the formative years. What did you go to like any uh, shows early on? Like what, like what bands did you see live? You know, I didn't really go to shows a lot, um, especially like local shows. I never really went. Um, I kind of got into things later on, but uh, yeah, I didn't really do much. I just always wanted to, I was less, um, less into the the bands. I just wanted to play music. I didn't, you know, I never really knew how to play anybody else's songs or anything like that. I always just wanted to play music. Um, so then getting into the band, you know, you know, playing in bands and stuff like that. That's kind of what got me into going to seeing, you know, local shows and, and not local shows really, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't really go to too many sh- um, concerts in high school. I was kind of just a lame weirdo. <laughs> didn't do much. No, uh, well, I guess relatable, man. Yeah. I, I guess outside of, uh, outside of that time of your life, uh, is there like any artist or band that you saw live that like really wowed you as far as a live performance goes? Um, uh, like back in the day or as of recent? When, e- yeah. Even now, man, whenever. Yeah. You know, let's see. The, not really back in the day, but as I've come to kind of appreciate um, musicians and music, you know, more and more throughout the years. Um, who was it that I seen? I I went to the Smashing Pumpkins show uh, when they all got back together like a year or two ago. Okay. And that was cool. But uh, probably one of my favorite artists that I had seen live was uh, a, a dude named Alan Stone. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. I love Alan Stone. He, oh man, that guy can sing. He's got some soul. Yeah, we we saw him over at uh, Ace of Spades in Sacramento, and it was just uh, it was like a it was just an awesome show. Kind of moved me, you know. But then there's bands like you know Meshuggah that I've seen that are super sick, Dillinger and stuff like that. But um, yeah, right on. And um, I guess our introduction to you at least uh for me it was obviously a uh, secret band um i think you guys formed sometime around uh the downtown battle mountain two era of a uh, dance gavin dance uh how'd you how'd you meet will and and the rest of the band so what was it i'm uh my one of my best friends dave we would we were always trying to start bands and um back then there was a there was a music store named uh what's it called skips music and they had an online you know ads you know musicians looking for each other and shit like that and he found one and it happened to be will and his uh drummer friend i can't i think his name was mike i can't remember now but we met up with them and then just started jamming and working on a band so that's how that's how i met will and i trying to think of the band name i think the band name oh my god oh oh god it's here lies inc makes no sense no 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 (laughs) no that is that one yeah 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 anyways so that's how we met will 
um, uh, we started working on that band and he's kind of always been the same as far as like how he writes. He just, just, he's never not writing. Um, he was, uh, the same way back then he would just, he would write everything. He would come up with drums. He would come up with lyrics, um, everything. Uh, we, I think we only played one show and it just kind of fell apart and we all kind of went our separate ways, but we stayed friends. Um, and then the next person I met was Matt and it was kind of the same uh, deal where we were looking for a drummer and somebody gave us Matt's contact and we went over to his house and met up with this like 14 or 15 year old kid with a beard and it was like this isn't fair how come i don't have a fucking beard but this kid does and eyeliner is <laughs> one of those it just doesn't make sense to me but the yeah. testosterone <laughs> yeah. it's just jealousy speaking man i feel like. <laughs> I, i'm in that boat too so like yeah we all want facial hair i mean it's only fair i've always wanted it and it's just not fair it's these native american genes running through my body coursing through my veins the puberty, anyhow, fairy, the puberty fairy will come. Get that mustachio going. It's coming, I feel it. But uh, yeah, that's how I met Matt. Um, and then kind of everyone else who's been in the band, you know, Dance Gavin Dance, I just kind of met along the way with, you know, after that. Um, I remember when it was still... What was it? Farewell Unknown. And John was playing, was their second guitar player. And I went with them, I think it was to like the Bay Area to go watch him play. And that was the first time I met John. That Yeah, he wasn't even really screaming then. I think he was just playing guitar. And, uh, and then, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how it all started as far as uh, the friendship with everybody. Uh, like so would john have any stuff out as a band or any like guitar covers out somewhere on the webs Uh, you know what i i think it was just so early on there was nothing other than like any of his weird stuff that he's put out you know like his solo-y stuff Uh, (laughs) anything before that i i i doubt it yeah Ah, you gotta remember this is like pre dbm1 pre whatever i say royals ocean it's like 2004 2004. (laughs) yeah this is like before it was as easy as like one two three to upload something online yeah yeah this was the dark ages (laughs) yeah it was a long time ago long time ago i have a question since we're talking about the early days of secret band um did the band used to be called Victoria's Secret Band? Uh, it's possible, but I have no idea. It, <laughs> yeah, I, it was already a band when I, like, they already were, you know, they already had the EP out when they asked me to join. So, um, yeah, it, it started before I was in it. Yeah, I, I thought, I, like, I thought it was just called Secret Band because it's supposed to be a secret from a... Uh, from, from Johnny, the world, Johnny, from the world, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. I mean, I think that's the story. Is that you know they they wanted to do like a, some sort of side project, and the joke name, I guess, was Secret Band to keep it a secret. And they had played some shows, um, but you know, under the name Secret Band, and there was you know 
not until you would see them play would you know like oh wait this is you know these are the guys from dance Gavin dance so i think stuff like that kind of played into why they uh chose that name and kept it yeah so obviously you became like a collaborator in the studio um with with dance Gavin dance um how how'd that kind of come into fruition where you just kind of hanging out in the studio while uh while they were recording and Will's just like, hey man, do you mind uh writing like, you know, throwing in a riff here and there? No, nothing that cool. Uh they uh like I said, we've always been friends and like stayed in contact. Um and Will was it? I Either he was working on songs for Secret Band or working on which which would end up being the first full length the the LP one, or he was kind of in between writing for new DGD stuff and uh, he wanted to do something heavier, uh, and so he asked if I wanted to you know work with him on a song, and then that song ended up being oh god what the hell is that song. I don't remember the name now. Oh, Carbon Copy. That that ended up being the song Carbon Copy on the Secret Band LP1. Wow, so that was one of your first. Yeah, that's the first thing that that's I wrote. Neat. Yeah, with Will in a long time, you know, besides, you know, way back when. Um, and then we wrote it. And then a little time later, he was working on another song, and he asked if I wanted to do work on another one with him. And this one was, you know, not not like crazy or heavy. And this that's what ended up being the first DGD song that I was on. I think that's the Jiggler. Can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because that's one of the questions that we had is that. Um. I think like when you're looking at like wikipedia and genius like it, it'll show like the songs that you um that you're kind of credited for uh as a guitar feature but except the songs on an acceptance speech which i think will said that you contributed maybe i don't uh i may be wrong but i think he said it was like 20 or 40 percent of the guitar in in the, on that album uh so the yeah is that the one? Yeah, acceptance speech. So yeah, the the second song I ended up working on was the Jiggler, and uh, I think it was just a fifty-fifty kind of a thing. Um, he, the song as a, as the band was pretty much done, and one and Will's guitars were done, and then he asked if I wanted to kind of jam around and work on the second guitar parts, and that's how that one came together. And then I think just because it was not. It had more of the DGD sound to it, so he was just like, you know, this is going to be a dance give and dance song uh, instead of a secret band song. So that's how that's how it ended up on there. Right on, and um, yeah, obviously, like dance give and dance has like songs that sound similar uh, to secret band um, as far as like you know how heavy they sound and like. You could kind of tell that that those are songs that um that you were featured on as a guitar player, but then you also have songs like uh, "Death of a Strawberry" and "Petting Zoo Justice." Um, 
or, or even songs like Midnight Crusade and and Lost that are almost like they almost have more of like a fast paced uh, like punk feel to them. Do you have a like a maybe like a favorite riff or a favorite song that you uh, contributed to? Um, I, they've all really turned out really cool. Um, I've always tried to my mindset when you know working on music for them whether it's a song that you know they asked me to help write the second guitar parts for or a song that you know matt and i work on and then the rest of the guys contribute afterwards i always try to just do something add something that i I feel like you know like why would they do this that's what i'll do you know or like i don't ever hear i don't ever anticipate a lot of whammy bar stuff so then i'll just throw in some you know um weird whammy bar wankery and shit um (laughs) i think one of the favorite ones was uh i think it's shark dad just because of all the pinch harmonic uh nonsense that that i was doing and (laughs) i was kind of surprised they they went for it but you know it ended up being pretty cool and turned out pretty rad yeah, I really enjoy uh, Shark Dad, especially kind of like that beginning, how it starts off like really mellow. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. really you really don't get that kind of vibe uh, from them very often. I, I don't know. I can't really put uh, my finger I, on it, but it kind of reminds me of old Circus Survive type of type of thing. Oh, if, that's cool. Yeah, I, w- I-, I would love to hear them like explore that a little bit more. If I could like describe Shark Dad to like how it sounds to me in my head, it sounds like like a swarm of like hornets like juggling chainsaws and fighting grizzly bears. Like that sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it gets okay. very chaotic and I love awesome. It. I can it respect like that. The, <laughs> the ultimate battle song. I just I just I, that riffage, dude. Like awesome stuff. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, when those breakdowns come in, like the bees are brutal. <laughs> brutal bees, man. You got to be careful with those fucking things. I think we had some pre-COVID. Right? <laughs> like an infestation, man. They're murders. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of the beginning. I know when we went into the studio to record it, I used, uh, Chris Crummett had, a had a jazz master, which have these typically have these kind of, you know, vibrato bars on there. Not like a, like a insane, you know, Floyd Rose, but just kind of, you know, the kind of bridge that jazz master guitars have. Anyways. Um, I remember we were working on it. I was thinking, I use it a little bit. It's real subtle. You have to, you probably have to listen really carefully to even really pick it up. But I remember thinking, and I don't think it sounds like it, but it just reminded me of the song Wicked Game from Chris Isaac. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar I, with that jam. I, I love that song. That song's awesome. I like the, yeah. the him, him covered it if, if for the uninitiated who probably don't know Isaac Hayes, but. Or Chris Isaac, I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I, I had that song in my mind when we were tracking that. Um, I don't think it sounds like it, but it was it was in my mind. And if you guys haven't heard it, check it out. It used to give get me, the uh, instrumental going. God, that song used to make my tummy feel funny when I was a little kid. Even the video, I was like, Jesus, why Dude, do they, I like this so much? He, he, he had like the white bread look, but like he had the swooning voice, man. He was just. That guy was hurting. Yeah, he was hurting. Definitely hurting. Hurting for a lot of things, I think. 
but yeah, cash, there's, uh, you, oh, go on. No, I'm done. Go ahead. I was just going to ask Cash if he has uh, any questions for you, but if you had something to add, go for it. Uh, I mean, as far as acceptance speech and uh, dance game and dance stuff goes, I'm, I think we covered most stuff I was going to ask. Um, but I got another set of questions. You want me to go into those or you can keep going? Yeah, go those. for it, man. Well, let's start with the tough stuff. Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh, God. This is one of those gotcha questions. <laughs> uh, favorite Thanksgiving food? Hmm. Dark meat. Definitely. Um, Dark meat? I kind of yes. like it all. I, I like it all. I like when there's that honey-baked ham, turkey meat, stuffing, mashed potatoes, cranberry yes, sauce. Sir. I don't know. I just like it all. I don't know if yeah, I Yeah, I think it, the combination is good. Yeah, I, I think like the better. mixture of everything is what really makes uh, Thanksgiving, like that Thanksgiving yeah. meal, like really stand out. And yeah, you can't like forget the collard greens. Goulash. Those two, like everything. I It all kind of just, I know some people lose their mind when, you know, if they mix food and stuff like that, but. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how you do Thanksgiving. If you have that <laughs> stuff going on. Like Honestly, it sometimes it makes it better. This is true. What about you guys? You get, what's your favorite Thanksgiving uh, snack or roll? I think me and Moses are both stuffing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and Cash were talking about it. And I think, like, a good stuffing really, you know, brings the whole thing together. And, like, I like a little spice. So if you do, like, a jalapeno mac and cheese or jalapeno cornbread... Now yeah. we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> God, so, like, don't like. Honestly, I've never been a person for stuffing. Like, my taste buds have just never gotten that. What do you like then? How? Honestly, dare I'm you? a man that will just fill up on turkey <laughs> and them sweet bread rolls. What? Like, oh yeah, yeah. I can. As long. As you're partaking, and that's good. You're eating. You're eating good. Eating. Are are you at least mixing like some mashed potato and gravies with your uh, sweet rolls and turkey? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the mac and cheese, like I said, the collard greens. All right, all now, right. Are you the right. light meat or do you like the dark meat though? Um, I think dark meat is juicier, right? So of course yeah. we got to go with the dark meat. I mean, they have different like uses, I think. Maybe yeah, a good I mean, sandwich I, with white meat. I mean, which one has more tryptophan? Which one's gonna get me more like? Like passing out on the couch. I, I need these. Wait, that's definitely the these... dark meat, I believe. Tryptophan, bro. That's what's in turkey that makes you sleepy. That and just <laughs> eating like three thousand calories in one sitting, but that's the itis. You get the itis, you pass out. You know, it's just. I mean, I think my favorite Thanksgiving food is just like everything on my plate because I put it on my plate. But uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I appreciate the art of mashed potatoes, but. Um, I like a green bean casserole. That shit's really good. That's good too. Yeah, I don't know. It all just tastes good. It just works together, you know. Works together to knock me out and put me out for like a couple of days. <laughs> for sure. But yo, actually, Mr. Martin, I actually had a question related to Bloodsucker on okay. artificial selection. Uh, so apparently, that's one of the first songs that Will is not playing and that's actually you right 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of the songs, uh, one of the ones that Matt and I had worked on. And then uh, we would just do, um, like anytime Matt and I, like anytime there's been a song that, you know, I brought into the, to the, to the thing, um, Matt and I will work on it and jam on it, kind of do some rough recordings and whatnot. Um, and then send it to, send it out to everybody for them to, you know, do the thing to, um, I don't remember why, I don't remember why Will didn't do it. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> but it ended up being cool. But yeah. Yeah. I, remember, I, I think it was Andrew and Andrew ended up doing, uh, yeah. So he did the guitar. And when they sent me the, or he sent me an updated demo with his parts on there and they were just like super sick shit going on. And so then I kind of reworked some of my parts to kind of um, complement what he was doing. Um, he did a lot of cool stuff on there, but yeah, I think that's, I guess there's that in that Bruno Mars cover that Will's not on or something like that. Oh, really? Wait, are you saying on That's What I Like, like, you're playing the guitar for that? No, 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 I'm not on that, but I think that might be the other kind of DGD thing. I think they had that Balthazar dude from... Uh, Wolf, Wolf and Bear. Bear. Hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as Dance Game and Dance, as the full band, you know, as a, um original music goes, yeah, that's that's the might be the one and only without Will on guitar. Yeah, that's true. It is... Uh... It's the only one, and I always kind of wondered what was the story behind that. So. He he may he may have had he may have had some trouble with it, I guess, and was just like Andrew, here, take the steering wheel. Yeah, I mean the the guy it. deserves a break every now and then, right? <laughs> no way. He made his bed. Now he has to sleep in it. He made a riff bed, and now he has to sleep in the riff bed. <laughs> Yeah, if anything, Martin, I was curious, like, uh, the beginning of the song, like, you know, that opening riff, and kind of, it's kind of, like, uh, paired with Matt's drumming to kind of give it, like, a bed to float on. Like, I was wondering, like, kind of, who wrote that riff? Like, can you can you do the riff acapella for me real quick? Like, honestly, I haven't listened to that song today, so it's a little rough, but... <laughs> The notes aren't exact, but I think I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The... I, I I absolutely love the rhythm. It's like it's a weird, like chaotic, like yeah. But yeah. yeah, man, who wrote that? That was sick. That was me. Um, nice. It it started out. It turned into that. It wasn't kind of like that's what I first came up with. It was something else, and <laughs> I was reworking it. And then Matt and I were just jamming it. Um, it's funny about that riff too, because I think John was having a little bit of trouble with it because of the time signature. It's in like mm -hmm. seven, eight, or seven, four, and then it goes to four, four, and then back to seven. Which at the time, you know, we're Matt and I weren't thinking, you know, numbers. It, it was just like this is the mm -hmm. riff, and For sure. this is how. Oh it yeah, happens. that math rock formula or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, we weren't thinking anything like that. It was just like, okay, here's this riff and Matt's drums, what whatever you know Matt was doing, it worked, and it doesn't really feel 
it doesn't i think if you just listen to it you don't necessarily notice the odd time thing happening but once you start counting it and you know picking it apart that's when you which is how i figured it out because john told me (laughs) oh you know dude i i heard it like instantly like uh if anything i'm sure a lot of fans could agree but like a lot of, like in math rock just like those odd time signatures paired with like catchy drums and like scream somehow screaming over it and it flows over it like that's like some of like your your favorite animal, ele, ele, blah, i can't talk sorry elements <laughs> but it's like your favorite elements in like this kind of music just that kind of bouncing around between musicians but uh like i said based off that i was extremely surprised and when you go into lp2 um I was like, whoa, you know, I couldn't believe that that was actually you. I thought it was Will. So I was like, when going on to LP2, it's like, which part is Will and which part is Martin? Like, at that point, like, y'all kind of blend in together. Like, because uh, before it was revealed, I thought, you know, that was Will. So I I feel like you replicated or, I mean, yeah, replicated, but like, you, you know, definitely fell in his sound, you know, because I thought it was Will. Interesting. Yeah, no. Um. So the... The story behind, or the kind of, the, the deal with LP2 was that, um, I know, if you guys don't know this about Will, he takes on a lot of stuff at once, and so, um, you know, he might have had Dance Gavin Dance and all the other, you know, bands riding all at the same time, so he... He wanted me to, he kind of was like, here, I want you to be the main writer for the LP2. And so I said, are you sure? Because it's going to be, to me, it was going to be quite different than what I think people are used to hearing. Um, since, you know, Will's the primary writer for, you know, 99% of, you know, the projects that he's in, he does a lot of the writing for. Um, it's, it's mellowed out or not mellow, but it's leveled out, you know, working with Sergio and and everybody else. But, um, he wanted me to just do all the, like the, basically the main writing for it. And so, um, that's, um, he was kind of, he wrote his stuff afterwards, basically. So, you know, the songs would be written pretty much by myself, Matt and Jordan, and then we would make demos and send them off to, uh, to Will and John and uh so yeah a little bit of a different writing process for that uh for LP2 so writing writing wise was there anything that you like consciously wanted to do different from uh I guess what the first LP sounded like yeah yeah I would say so um I just wanted it to be from my from for my parts Um, I just kind of wanted to have something that kind of stood out from, you know, the, the catalog of the Swan Corps style bands and stuff like that. I kind of wanted something that was somewhat familiar, but also had a different feel to it and, you know, um, and a heaviness to it, um, and things like that. So, um, that was kind of my thought process and doing things that, you know, just like when I would write and work on songs with for DGD, I always try to think of like, what haven't I done or, you know, what, what don't I see these guys doing, um, you know, and, and trying to write music like that where I'm challenging myself and I'm also challenging, you know, 
hopefully I'm challenging the other guys to kind of think differently because I'm sure they're all used to kind of their, their formula of writing, you know, they've been doing it forever now. So it's kind of fun for me to throw wrenches out there and see what happens. For sure, dude, I'm like super excited that you confirmed that actually, <clears throat> because like, like with y'all's chemistry, uh, like I said, like no one else has really like kind of like captured that sound, like even fooled you to think it was Will. And I'm kind of glad because like I had a theory, like while listening to LPT, I was like, wow, like this almost sounds like it's Martin kind of drive driven, you know, it, like, it, dude, it sounded like, you know, you kind of had your sound like you were driving it. So, so yeah, it I'm, me as, I'm curious, like out of like out of all your secret band, like what's, you know, so what are your what are some of your favorite bangers? they've written like if you're sitting there practicing in your apartment what are some of the tracks that you just break out to like freak out some of your you know neighbors <laughs> <laughs> um god what is it what is it um are, are you talking about lp2 or just uh all secret band in general uh yeah in general yeah some favorite lp2 tracks or in general yeah um let's see i the I think it's Do It Again from LP2. Ah. Um, just saw the weird. I think that's the one that has the tapping uh, nonsense <laughs> that's happening in it. Um, that one was fun. I think I was listening to. Who was I listening? To? I think I was listening to like Beneath the Massacre a lot, and I was like, oh, you know what? That'd be kind of funny to have something you know harmonized and dissonant in a secret band style song that one was kind of fun to do um and then what song was it it might be black dolphin where i do some whammy bar um weird shit <laughs> that's hard to do but i decided to do it anyways um those were always kind of fun stuff like that i like those those two i think the most when i for sure, dude, I'm, su I'm curious about that one. Actually, undo it again. There's that one very interesting part where John goes, the, the more I can stand, the more I can take, or the more I can stand, the more I can do. And the guitar, the guitar, like, there's a lot of interesting guitar work. And I was, like, curious about your mindset while doing that or, you know. How oh, the kind of, the weird kind of eerie part? Yeah, yeah. Love that very interesting. part. Um... I think it's, let's see, there's the shit that Matt and I are doing, and I believe the mix for that section in particular is, I think my guitars are right up the middle with the bass, and Will's doing two different things. They might be octaves of each other, and those are panned, and really, I think it's, it's musically, I think it's Will's part that really gives it that kind of eerie vibe um to it um that and that's one of those kind of cool things that happens um um uh, you know when you're just writing music and in these situations where you just hand it off to someone and they're able to kind of hash things out at their home you know with not without any like distractions or someone being like mm, i don't know about that you know we can kind of work on our parts without too much input at the moment so you can really work your things out and um so once will once we got a demo of that one with will's parts it just like 
it took what we had and made it even cooler sounding, you know, it just, it gave this like weird vibe to it. Um, that really, I think works really well. For sure. Yo, Ryan, I'm sure we all have our, uh, secret band questions. You have any of your own then? I actually, I actually have a question. I don't think we've really addressed it, but, um, like, we're all like talking about like the greatness of our good man Martin here, and like I was just curious because before Secret Band, before you know all that, you were in a different band called the Antioch um, Synopsis, which was kind of yeah. like more like death metal, deathcore. Like, do you have yeah. any like me- memories from then? Like, like how that like heavy, heavy sound like started there and then translated into what you have today? Yeah. Um, so let's see. Those dudes all at the time lived in Auburn and um, God, I think the vocalist Monty, um, he, he had hit up a friend of mine who I was in a band with before the Antioch synopsis. And um, I don't know how they even got a hold of me. Maybe we played a show. I don't even know now. Maybe we played a show and they were there and saw it followed us on something and saw that the band broke up and they reached out. And at the time their name was, uh, bears doing human things. That was the name. You might be able to find some of that stuff on like Bandcamp or YouTube or something like that. But that at that time, it was more like, I guess kind of, like uh, converge every time I die kind of style, I think. Um, and at that time when they asked me to join, like I thought like this would be cool because I was kind of overdoing, you know, just metal stuff. I kind of got burnt out on it. Uh, and so this was kind of a nice kind of sort of change of pace, you know. Um, and then I quit. <laughs> and then they asked me to come back to help them with stuff. And it, I kind of ended up just staying and for one reason or another, just the stuff that I was writing was moving into this more, you know, heavy and technical, like, you know, kind of like the death core death tech thing that was kind of happening then with, and so the that's, scene. yeah, yeah. And so yeah, yeah. that's kind of just what, again, that was a project where I took a lot, you know, just a lot of the main writing, uh, I took that on and that's just what I was doing and where my mind was at. And so it, it turned into the Antioch synopsis, um, which was cool. It was I'm really, um, really proud of like the stuff that we did with that. Cause it, at that time it was, we were all like really stretching ourselves to what we were, what we could do as musicians, you know, and new techniques and songwriting and, just pushing the we were all kind of pushing the limits of what we've done before and trying to go even gnarlier and doing things like that so it was a good time yeah you guys definitely shred the nard you were very visceral there was a lot of heart and passion in that project and i i wanted to touch on it because like i was a fan of it like i just wanted to make sure we brought attention to that but um on my next question i was gonna ask like how does like song titles go like do you guys like do that as a band or is that like as an individual thing or is it just like jokes like why you guys are practicing or like well this one we'll call this yeah i I think it's more of like you just you know somebody thinks of something weird and then if it sticks it sticks (laughs) yeah like meat bag bag, yeah (laughs) Uh, 
Never seen a bag of meat before, David? Yeah. <laughs> Always. Um, I think let me see. Usually the the you know, the rough when we're writing it, we someone comes up with a name, it typically doesn't stay. But um except for one song from LP two, um, the song Bloomer was that was the name of when we were still, you know, working on it and I don't know why, but I, I don't I don't rem- I don't remember why John said that he wanted to keep it as Bloomer, but that's the only one. I think that's the only song that I've ever been a part of where the, you know, first, like the, you know, the rough the rough demo name stuck around. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anything else I've ever done has kept the demo name. I don't think any band has ever kept the demo name. Like just they, us. <laughs> <laughs> so who demo. came up with the song title uh, "Projectile Comet"? Because that's my favorite. Probably John. Probably John. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, I think. I think when it comes to like names and lyrics, that's that's all John. Yeah. Is there any kind of like insight you can give us into uh, John's like, uh, I guess lyrical like writing progress? Like, is he just like? Does he have like a notebook full of like? dark thoughts or is he like having an out of body experience uh during the recording process what's going on there (laughs) i dare not speak into the box that is uh john's uh lane (laughs) i don't um he i i don't know and he's just he writes his lyrics on his own time and i don't know if he does it beforehand or when you know when he's listening to the demos um sometimes you just you know you let things be you just <laughs> you know it'll turn out just fine and this guy's got it um yeah i don't know i feel like it'd be weird to like watch him do it you know maybe i should yeah. ask him I am <laughs> gonna ask him. I yeah ask i'd him. like to be a i don't know like a fly on the wall during i don't know some of those secret band and dance gavin dance songs <laughs> yeah, and Martin, like, I'm not sure if it's only me, but, like, from be. DGD to Secret Band, John's, like, tone of voice, like, kind of shifts, and I always kind of interpret it as, like, Secret Band John, and, like, to me, it sounded like he always, like, drank before, like, rec- like recording or doing, like, Secret Band. <laughs> no, he's, uh, John has, uh, the little that I know of John's, the, the methods to his um, madness or whatnot. He's very, from what I remember, he he's very conscious of his voice and his throat and his his uh, his health as a person and as a vocalist. He's very like conscious of that stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, he doesn't. I don't think he like fucks around too much. He might, you know, gargle a bunch of fucking honey or something like that. So he's he's. From what I, from the little that I know, he's pretty pretty well put together when it comes to that stuff. Um, and yeah, I, you know, over if you listen to like the first DGD EP, the Royal Ocean one or whatever, to what it is now, I mean, not only has his voice changed, but you know his his um, phrasing. He doesn't do that overlapping thing like he used to. 
um, he's he's really like um, it has changed, you know. And yeah, I, I can hear like when people say the secret band John and DGD John, um, but just the kind of progress um, that you, you that you can hear you listen to, it's been pretty cool to like be a part of you know that and where it's at now because I think like all, a lot of the stuff that he does now is just super fucking sick. I would agree, um, definitely. For, for me, like, I'm not even talking, like, like uh, you know, like, D- DBM1, John, compared to, like, acceptance speech. It's, like, acceptance speech compared to, like, the first LP y'all did. Like, you know, that's kind of similar in the timelines, but, like, you know, right. like I said, he's still doing something slightly different, or, like, almost like his demeanor. Like, this is, like, an alter ego of, like, the John, you know, <laughs> like, it's still John mess, but, like, there's something slightly more unhinged, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was more- yeah, I think... I'm sorry, what's that? I was going to say, it was Martin's riffs, dude. That, that's what did it. Yeah. <laughs> they made <laughs> There's something bewitching about them. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of the nature of the band, you know, where since, you know, he's not, doesn't have to share, you know, the vocal duties like he does in DJD, um, he's able to, you know, do, uh, go a little gnarlier just because he's the only vocalist carrying the song, you know. So he's able to kind of try, you know, try new things or do new things or expand on things um, and whatnot. So, yeah, I think it's just a different kind of uh, muscle that he can flex. Yeah, Uh, just just so we can uh, kind of get to know you more outside of like uh, just, you know, secret band and and dance, Gavin, dance. Like, I, I don't know. What are you into? Like, is there anything that. Uh, like, do you have, like, any favorite movies or shows? I'm sure somebody wants to know, like, what you've been binge-watching. <laughs> yeah, uh, hobbies or downtime stuff, for sure. What have I been doing? I really like horror movies. Um, I just, I always have. Um, games, I've I've been playing Minesweeper on my phone and computers for years. Um I am good at it. It's not a joke. People don't believe me, uh, but it's true. Um, what have I been binge watching? I just finished that uh, Haunting of Blind Manor. That was cool. Um, yeah, I've been putting that off. I should probably uh, get uh, start watching it. Uh, like, Because I'm somebody who is not interested in um, horror, like horror movies at all because... Like I, I'm oh, really? just, I just never get scared by them, and it's more of like a a chore for me to try to get into it. And well, and... aren't you just so fucking tough, bro? No, no, no. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, like, do you have any recommendations? Um, uh, I I really wish I could um remember the name of this movie. It wasn't so much yeah, me scary, too, dude. but there was a lot me of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of like suspense in it and kind of like uh make you jump um it was like a zombie movie but they're not really zombies because they're not dying they're like spraying stuff into the atmosphere uh or into the air i I don't remember the name of the movie but anyways do you have any recommendations for like some good horror like horror movies that that might just scare me um well what i mean does anything scare you um, I, well, 
Yeah, I can't what's, think of. What I, I really like. You? I really like The Shining, but it wasn't. It wasn't scary. It was more, I guess, kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of like anything. Um, like Evil, the Evil Dead One and Two were cool. The remake is rad. Uh, oh yeah, the remake's pretty fucking scary. <laughs> I'll have to watch that. Uh, the original Exorcist is cool. Exorcist Three is actually pretty good. I like that one a lot. I actually watched that a lot for some reason. Uh, Keeps your spirit clean, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know. Or I kind of find out some new tricks to do uh, when I'm, uh, you know, worshipping uh, demons and ghouls and things like that. When you're like on that. stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I light my black candle and go and start playing uh, shows and stuff like that. Harness the evil powers that be. I think it would be uh, easier to move like your gear up the stairs if you had a dude walking like backwards up the stairs. You can use him like a ramp thing. This is true. This is very <laughs> true. Um, I just say to start watching every horror movie that you can. You're gonna find that 90% are really terrible, but once in a while you'll find one that's okay, and then even more once in a while you'll find a good one. Yeah, I, I yeah. should start watching watching more and, and see what I like. But I will watch all I, the ones that you uh, recommended and, and hit you I up. Mean, just like yeah. the fact that he said, like, Evil Dead and stuff. Like, I love corny. Those are great. I love the cornier, the better, dude. Like, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Like, that stuff's fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, Moses, like, if, the, uh, if horror movies don't, like, scare you, like, the way, you know, uh, you can just have guy. fun ripping into them. Like, especially the exactly. easier ones. Exactly. Like, those 80s ones are, like, hilarious. Y'all ever watch yeah. the Ginger Dead Man? No, 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 no. <laughs> Sounds like the Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, I, watched, I watched that one as a kid. It always reminds me of a uh, uh, Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, uh, Martin, it makes sense that you mentioned liking uh, like horror films because, like, uh, like we mentioned on Do It Again, it has like that ominous kind of vibe going on. Like a like if anything on the next album i'm kind of expecting organs and shit like that uh if anything once the like i said with the with the direction y'all are going yeah some songs are starting to sound ominous so at this point i'm like when's the secret band halloween track uh if anything yeah where was the man you got a whole Uh, year to work on it now (laughs) yeah that's true uh i just like as far as like the kind of the the you know dark ominous or you know moody kind of shit that's just something that i've always been into um even like as a kid uh i've always just liked that feeling no matter you know what genre of music it is Uh, not always you know i I like bands like paramore and alan stone like i said earlier you know that are not that at all Mm -hmm. but um but typically like when i write music is i'd like to just have that i just kind of lean towards that vibe so that being said you know when when there's songs like um like the other ones where i didn't write them but you know i i did the i didn't do the initial writing i you know was a part of you know the second guitar part writing um god what's the song that i'm well like the jiggler you know it's like a more upbeat kind of happy song uh yeah those are always kind of difficult for me to do um death of a strawberry you know stuff like that they're always kind of difficult because that's not where my mind is at 
Um, but it is, it's a fun, I always kind of see it as like a fun experiment to kind of challenge myself to like, okay, well, the song, everything's kind of upbeat and, and, you know, has like a different vibe than what I'm used to. It's, it's fun to do that. And, uh, I try to do the same thing to the other guys and, and will, you know, when I write something like, all right, here's, here's a plate of, you know, mud and worms, you know, like see what you can do with this and kind of, uh, um, test it, you know, I kind of see it as like testing each other out. So, but yeah, I just, I like that gloomy, uh, <laughs> um, creepy thing. For yeah. So, um, I guess you've mentioned the jiggler a couple of times, but before I get, get to that question, you just really like, uh, fucked my world up by mentioning Paramore. Cause I would love to hear Martin Bianchini, like yep. add some guitar to brand new eyes. Uh, era of Paramore, like oh my god, like just thinking about that, like I'm like oh man, that would be amazing. <laughs> Which yeah, one was Martin. the brand new eyes? So that was like the last album that that they did with like the or, I guess the somewhat original lineup. Uh, oh, the drummer, the drummer came back. Yeah, the drummer and the and the guitar player that were brothers. Uh, it was like the last uh, album with them. Like they had Brick by Boring Brick ignorance um uh, yeah yeah, yeah. it, it was like the one. more angry album the very like kind of angry you can tell that there was turmoil within the band which i i honestly created some of their best songs in my opinion and i've been listening to them since like the first album which till this day like that's my favorite one is is the first uh paramore album that's funny i i i was just talking to somebody about this um some friends, but I never got into the first album. I, I never was kind of in totally into that scene. I was doing a band that would, I guess would fall into that category, you know, back in the day, but I never really got into it. Um, but when the second album came out, like the songwriting to me, was just so much like so much better. And I really like like where they put, progressed and where they've gone with it even though it's way different than where they started i really i just think it's like musicians and songwriters and whatnot they're so good at what they do oh but yeah they takes, definitely knew what they were doing on that sec second album like i mean i love like the rawness of of the first album and it really catered to my ears because i was really into kind of like the emo pop punk side of things but yeah yeah I'm sure that second album was great um do you have a favorite kind of um, like song from their back catalog in, in that second album? Like for me, it's got to be a miracle or when it rains. You know, I, nothing really like off the top of my head. They just they like for sure anything that they just put out as a single has always been super good. Mm -hmm. um, God, like, I can't remember what album I used to listen to all the goddamn time, but which. It might have been like, God, I don't remember what it's called. What the hell was it called? Maybe it was Brand New Eyes that I listened to all the goddamn time. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That whole, the, every, I don't know. I just really like what they do. It's kind of nice to to add that to my uh, playlist once in a while. You know, once I've kind of been spent listening to, you know, heavy ass shit all day long. Mm -hmm. You need a break sometimes. <laughs> Once in so, a while. Yeah, so um, going back to the Jiggler, like, 
I mean, that song does really stand out, like, within the band's uh, catalog. Do you have, like, any more uh, insight when it came to, like, the writing process for that song? Because it starts off, like, very trippy with that, like, guitar riff, the... And then, like, it goes from, like, super almost, like, poppy. Like, I can't even, like, explain... Huh? Yeah, like yeah, I can't really explain here. what what uh, Tillian's verses like remind me of, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just poppy, and then it goes. Yeah. It's like really heavy, like during John's parts. Like I don't know. Can you can you? Uh, is there anything more you can share about that song? Um, let me think. I I think Will and I were like working on it just him and I when he first asked if I wanted to write said guitar for that song and then I actually went out there and jammed it with them and that that's uh that's when I first met Tillian he was there because you know he was a part of uh he was there when they were you know hashing out songs and things like that I think a lot of it was most of it was already written it was just you know this song um that they needed to kind of work on and we uh we would jam it as a whole band um a few times and uh i think i i think we did like a demo and i was able to really kind of flesh out a lot of uh ideas and i think there's some like kind of neat little i I suppose it'd be like a lead and stuff that i do in there that turned out pretty cool sounding um but yeah that one was tough i mean you know again just because it's upbeat it's dancey I I know I had some trouble with some of the riffs from my I've mean, I've always had that the idea of trying to play a will riff I just it's it drives me insane just because he has such so a hard. weird style and it's you know he's not just strumming shit all day you know he he definitely has his his way of doing things and so when I would try to learn like all right, what are you doing? Like, you know, and I'm trying to watch it. What the fuck are you doing? So then I, that kind of forces me to come up with an idea in my own style so I can accomplish kind of, you know, so I can get it to fit in there. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a fun one. That was kind of, uh, it was, I remember it was a weird feeling being like, are you sure you want this to be an actual dance game and dance song? You know, like, cause I'm not in the band. Nobody knows who I am. You know, I'm not like, some sick you know artist that people love i'm just you know a friend of the band and he's like no yeah it'll be cool i'm like all right you know (laughs) if anything i'm curious since you're around that time uh with like tillian uh how did that go because i know obviously tillian was new but was it like they brought in tillian and it was like okay we have all this material done like you kind of just like work your magic over it and make it yeah basically was was the album already pretty much written before uh tillian joined the band do you know um just knowing how things kind of work for them sometimes i i feel like a lot of it might have been um in the works at least when he first came on board yeah um because, I mean, Will just, he like I said, he always has songs. Always. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a lot of stuff had been written at that time. Um, and then, you know, he came in and they finished up, you know, writing and stuff like that. 
that's about as much as I know with for that. Um, All right. Um, I do have another question, kind of going back uh, to movies. Is there a movie that has I don't know either a movie score or a soundtrack that that like you really vibe with? Does it like it could be a horror movie or just any movie? Like for me, it's definitely Kill Bill Volume One or any, anything that you know, like Quentin Tarantino has done. Like usually has an amazing score behind it. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm really. I, I don't really listen to stuff like that. But I'm. That being said, like I'm a really big fan of of that kind of you know of scores and stuff. I really. I fucking love that stuff. I've done it a couple times and it's really it's not easy but um what the one i mean i i like a lot of them anytime you know like the danny elfman stuff i always like because it's weird and quirky and right on yeah yeah that's it's got like really a, it's got Even like Oingo, a dark Oingo. vibe to it but <laughs> yeah and then there's Oingo Boingo. yeah <laughs> i don't know too many names but i mean like you know any of like the go-to um composers and stuff like that are sick uh but the one that stands out to me um that i really liked a lot was the uh score for the movie the witch okay yeah Um, i know the movie and i like i need to watch that because it's on my on my list but yeah if it definitely if it has a good score i'm gonna check it out it's 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 not it's not a conventional score, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. sounds and shit like that. I actually have the I have the, the soundtrack on vinyl and CD, and it's just weird, creepy shit. Um, there's some cool stuff if you look it up on YouTube. There's a guy who built this instrument that they used for some of the sound design stuff, and I think he calls it like the Nightmare Machine, and it's just like this box. <laughs> with weird shit all over it that you can like you know drag things across or crank this thing and it makes all these weird sounds um, that's amazing it's kind of cool it's so almost you, like if you were to take the band psyopis and turn them into an instrument box and then you would just make all <laughs> this weird shit that's kind of what it is oh crazy did you say that that you scored some stuff yourself yeah yeah it was like a, a friend's project that um that they asked if I could help with some things like that. Oh, wow. Would we be able to find that anywhere? Uh, you know, I don't know. I know they tried to, like, release it. Um, they're just kind of like, I think they were in film school. They're just these projects. One's called, uh, what's it called? Emma Was Here. I think that was the name of it. Um, and me and my, my bass player buddy Q, we worked on that together and did, I think we did all the music for it, everything, um, which is a challenge, but it was fun. It was fun to do that. Yeah. For like going from writing for a post-hardcore band to scoring, you know, for a movie had to be a, you know, a huge change in like, just like, just playing the drawing board. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely I had, different. I had a question. Like you were talking about that arrangement. Was that the Kennedy Vale? That's the that yeah. That's another one that I did where um, they wanted because I I kind of got into like programming and and writing with software instruments and sh- and stuff like that. And 
my buddy Monty, who was the vocalist for the Antioch Synopsis, he joined the Kennedyville. And for that, I think they might have a new one out, but uh, this one. Um, you were on uh, Imperium, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they yeah, wanted so. me to do, I think, one song where I just, they wanted me to write, you know, some or- orchestral um, stuff. And then I ended up just doing the whole album, um, you know, writing stuff like that. And it turned out pretty good. It was definitely a, that one was really tough as well. Um, just, you know, doing writing with instruments that I've never written with before and, and software that I've never really, you know, messed with. But that was fun. It turned out cool. So you hear, you hear that, folks? Kennedy Vale Imperium, go check that out. Support Martin Bianchini's orchestral nightmares. <laughs> that's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's really awesome. Did you guys have any more questions? Yeah, yeah, uh, I've got sure. one more. So, okay, go for it, Cash. <laughs> and I also have a listener question too. All right, go. What? All right, first off, um, why do you think the combination of you and John screaming like work out works out so well together? Um, what? Why do you think uh like the combination <laughs> of your guitar playing and John oh, screaming? Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that didn't come out like, right. Uh, unreleased dual scream vocals, huh? Yeah. How did you know about that, dude? <laughs> um, Who told you? Why, why do I? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. It just does. I think, uh, I never really think of it really. I just kind of, maybe there's it just like, works. I, it just works. I, you know, from working with different people throughout the years in different situations, you can kind of tell when something's going to work or it's not going to work, or you can tell where like, Oh, you know what? If I do this, I can, I can give this person like a cool platform to do something cool on, you know, where I don't necessarily, you know, just, I I try to think when I'm one of the other things that, you know, that I try to keep in mind when writing is, you know, I could try to, you know, do some crazy noodly riffs all day long, which is super sick and whatnot, but it's also cool when you can kind of give other members these um areas to really like do some cool shit on and so um you know maybe that has something to do with john uh, going ham on things i don't know i don't know it just but it works i guess people people dig it i dig it i'd so say so cool. <laughs> um and the other question i have uh, from a listener from uh, the post hardcore and more podcast actually they want to know what your favorite kind of dog is. What my favorite kind of dog is. Let's see. Hold on here. Give me one second. My favorite kind of dog? My dog. Yeah. Your easy. dog, okay. What kind of dog is it? I don't really know. <laughs> um, <All right. laughs> they, uh, when... When uh, my wife bought him out front of a Starbucks, they said that he was part chocolate lab, part German shepherd, but he doesn't look like either. And everyone <laughs> says he looks like a flat coat retriever. So that's what I'm going with. Oh, nice. Sounds adorable either way. He's yeah. precious, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, bro. What's his name? 
Artie. Artie. It's a good dog name. That's He's a, a Sweetie. <laughs> Alright, so for um I guess all all the like pedal nerds out there, like what what's in your pedal board? Do you have like a favorite uh pedal that like a go to one that you like to use? Gear talk. Um you know, I, I tried getting into the pedal thing. Um I think pedals are sick. I know Will has a plethora of pedals. Um I I use I've been using the the Line Six Helix for a few years now, and um, kind of as far as gear goes, that's like my favorite thing. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of pe- uh, pedals. Um, what do I have? I have uh, oh god oh an Earthquaker C machine. That's pretty cool. That's like a weird chorus pedal thing. But um, okay. yeah. Um, my my answer is the Line Six Helix. I I fucking love that thing. All right, sounds good. Yeah, we're we're you know over the one hour mark. Um, we did so, it. Yeah, before we let you go, did the other guys have any other questions? Real quick. I was just gonna ask, like, uh, like you briefly touched on your podcast, like the Marmars. Hello there. Um, <laughs> yeah. How's that been? Dead for two years, but. Um, I, like I how are you feeling doing, coming back into it? Um, kind of good. It was just a spur of the moment. Um, I wasn't really planning on doing it. I just decided to record my dad and tell him afterwards or during it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's kind of like a cool way to, you know, force a reason to talk to people and whatnot. Um, awesome. but yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can do some more and and put some more out there and work on some of these other projects and stuff that are going on trying to stay busy you know yeah dude definitely like they can find like i know it's on youtube can they find it anywhere else um the first six episodes i think you can still find on like apple's uh the pod uh you know apple's podcast i think Mm. i think it was on like stitcher and a few other ones i gotta get all that shit reset up it's kind of over my head so i gotta hit up a buddy about that Nice, dude. Awesome. Like, yeah, definitely listeners, check out his podcast. I mean, if you're a fan of his music, you'd be a fan of his podcast, definitely. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, usually once we let, you know, our our interviewee go, we like to discuss what we've uh, recently been listening to. Um, So, before you go, uh, is there anything that's caught your ear recently? Like, what have you been... uh, uh, listening to what have i been listening to um uh, what is it i think it's Fearmonger from beneath the massacre that's pretty tight um check that out that one's pretty sick uh i'm waiting for that new arc spire to come out that should be pretty cool too yes um who else shit yeah, I think I've just been listening to that Beneath the Massacre album every day. <laughs> Seems like. as everyone, as everybody should. <laughs> yeah, listen to something nice and easy, real relaxing. Go listen. Go put on Fearmonger by Beneath the Massacre. Yeah, I was gonna ask: Is there anything <laughs> along the lines of uh, Alan Stone that that you're also into? Hmm. Um. God, I can't really. Th- 
I, I there is I I just don't I can't think of their names. I just I I really like Ellen Stone. He's like so fucking good. It's insane. And you look at him, you're like, how do you sound like that? And then you look like that. It doesn't right? make sense. Um and um yeah. I was going to say you should definitely uh check out Mac Ayers um if you haven't and this band called uh Moonchild. They're kind of in the same realm of like I don't know what you would even call that like maybe like neo soul uh alt R&B type of vibe. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll check um, it out. I, I dig that stuff. Yeah, so like thank you um you can i don't know if you want let everybody know where they can find you if you know you're into people people following you in social on social media and stuff it is kind of a kink of mine i do, I do like people following me in real life so just don't don't talk to me or touch me but just you know you know kind of stay Follow. behind me yeah if let i know around, you're there. like jump behind a bush you know let's play the game let them know you're there <laughs> Yeah, let me know you're there, but don't let me know you're there. Like, tweet him first. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just on everything. Um, I've got a few other projects going on right now. Um, I think one's coming out hopefully soon. It's called Noisy Noise. So I think you can find that on, like, uh, Facebook or something soon. Um, But, yeah, just my name if anyone wants to hit me up or whatever. I guess I guess you can. I might not always reply back. That's okay though. I don't mind. All right. Well, yeah. I just wanted to say uh, thank you for coming on. We're eternally grateful, and you know we're, we're glad that that you came on and we were able to just kind of nerd out with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Definitely, dude. Yeah. yeah thank you so You're much. This was, uh, You're always welcome. This was Fuck yeah. All right. Thanks, Martin. All right, guys. You'd be good now. You too, and uh, happy day, Turkey Kim. Day to you guys. Yes. <laughs> gobble, gobble. gobble. <laughs> <laughs> well, we gotta talk. We gotta talk. <laughs> you gotta eat Ryan. <laughs> uh, who, who sounds more like John Mess out of all of us? What? What? I mean, and what? Like screaming. I, yeah, like or talking, mean, obviously. No, who farts more like John Mess? <laughs> who farts? Who burps more like John? Sound Mess? more like John Mess. I mean, if anything, like, like I definitely like farts. The fart man. They all sound the same. Mm, yeah. No, you never put a little accent on yours or anything. <laughs> this, this this podcast went to gas. You, do you ever? Uh... Moses wanted to record for this. Yeah. Moses, do you have accidents a lot? <laughs> accidents a lot? No. no. You put accidents on your parts. You're not having. You're not resulting in accidents. Uh, oh man. Uh, We've all gambled on a fart and lost. <laughs> we all been there, but I think. I don't. I don't know if I, I should. Know if, I don't know if going from Martin Bianchini to like fart jokes is is a look we want <laughs> yeah I don't know. <laughs> I guess that was the vibe. well I thought I asked a pretty obvious question like which one of us sounds <laughs> and then you like said John. who farts like <laughs> who sounds the most like he's just like John yeah I'm gonna say that I because he actually or... can scream I can't I, yeah like... I was like, like 
Uh, like, I mean, I don't know, Ryan. Even in like your music, you don't like sound like John Messon. You don't even really try to like emulate. John I mean, Messon. can anyone really fry their vocals that well though? Like Ryan can. I mean, I mean, definitely Ryan's definitely <laughs> definitely a better vocalist. <laughs> but like, I definitely like try to like I um I tried covering John like a lot. So like I feel like you know I could you do. try to emulate that a bit. But yeah. All right. Think- so maybe it's David then. Yeah, I, I definitely don't do not have that technique where I can like scream through my diaphragm and like you're almost like like you know you're uh like I watched this video of Andy Sizek um explaining it like you oh, yeah, do the yeah. like I think I saw that like you do that uh, that like kind of throat sound but you the amplify you, you do the uh, diaphragm you also do the um what's it called the the head voice with it right see actually yeah that's basically how i learned how to do it like uh, actually so you do that sound but with like a pencil between your teeth or it's it's something weird like that and you try to like elevate the sound until you're like using it you're like relying on your diaphragm yeah that's, that's, that's actually how i learned my technique because even when when i was like in bands like in high school and shortly after high school and i was a lame and I was a screamer. Or you say band or a band? Like bands. Bands that oh, make that you meant like band. Oh, yeah. No, 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 band. not bands. Like like a band. A ska uh, band? I would scream, I would just do like a throat scream. I guess what you would do naturally. And like my voice would be shot, you know, either yeah. if not the next yeah. day after, a, you know, a couple days. You got to say it with your chest, man. Guys, oh my god! Like, I, I, I try to learn. Screaming, like I would literally just like listen to Lincoln Park, and I would like full voice scream that shit. Go that, for that's what um, Chester was doing, you know. Chester, <laughs> but that didn't. Uh, that didn't I mean, I tried to learn off YouTube, but I feel like it ended up sounding more like radio rock or or, or like butt rock or like right, hardcore like punk or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, like, if anything, right. maybe like Hell Yeah or something. Oh God. <laughs> Y'all would probably hate me, because, so. like, the way I learned how to scream, um, I just started screaming, and it sounded good, and then, yeah, I could just scream. What the fuck, Ryan? Fuck you, I didn't, bro. I, didn't, I, was at church youth, I was at church youth group, and I was hanging out with my friends at, uh, in high school, and, like, we were just messing around, and I was screaming, like, this, like, kill, like, just, like, pop song lyrics. I was just, like, screaming them, but, like... I've always been into like, you know, monster movies and like Godzilla and stuff. So like as a kid, I was like roaring like a dinosaur, all that bullshit. So basically how I figured it out was is if you can do like a pterodactyl screech, like really loud, pretty much. Yeah. Like you just apply that same method, but you just got to add distortion. But like, like getting sore throat. and losing- you're getting close. <laughs> you're getting real close. <laughs> 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 tried to doubt Moses. I tell you, he was in dance, bro. He was just going like, you know, he was doing it. Yeah, I learned how to pig squill in like a weekend. I was listening to Graven Images, and I was just like, how is he doing that? And then I just like. I don't know. I've been really good at like mimicking. I'm always good at like trying to replicate stuff. I don't have the same skill with clean pimples, but monster noises for some reason I'm really good at like. Yeah, I think I think my screaming always sounded kind of like 
Thursday where you're like, damn, that guy's like really ruining his voice or or like old the static lullaby. Yeah. It's like it's they just like a half sad. talk, half scream. Did you ever puke? No, I never <laughs> puked from screaming. Have you? Me? No. I've gotten I've gotten like reflux, like I'll burp up maybe. Like that's like the worst, but like like maybe like Burt McCracken, like I don't know if you've ever seen live footage of him like from back in the day, but this dude would be screaming his heart's out and like he'd just start puking on stage and it was just like I'd see wow. stuff like that and I got like I like I I got scared for a long time because I never wanted to lose that because you know you got Sonny Moore and all these other people who like are doing improper technique and that's kind of why I always went with like learning Melissa Cross stuff because oh, Melissa yeah. Cross taught like under oath all these other dudes like how to maintain what they had. And honestly, like half of what's screaming, like if you want to do like, like if you have your technique and you can make screaming noises, like all you really need to do is learn like singing techniques, like humming, like hum a lot and, and do like, like lip trills. Like, like if you can do that, just expand this in a little bit. And then, then learn how to use your diaphragm. I don't know if you just got to make S noises or whatever, like, or just get that buzzing. And like, honestly, if you practice that, eventually when you scream, it won't hurt because your voice will be warmed up. If you're not warming up like an hour before you do screaming stuff, you're just hurting yourself. Yeah, it should like never hurt, like ever. Yeah, I, I. What like, about the way the mute the lyrics though? Should that hurt? Uh, yeah, there's <laughs> hearts. Yes, breaking hearts is easy, bro. Not Ryan. Like, yeah, I was like, I was surprised. Like, shoot, you're in your band, and you know, you scream for a band and all that. So I was surprised when I didn't see your own brand of cringy John Mess covers. <laughs> um, there, there, I have a dance Gavin dance cover somewhere. I mean, I. I Actually, yeah, my audition to get into Stay Still, I made this little audition tape. It had, uh, like, original music that Stay Still had, and then I included, uh, like, a from first, like, just snippets, like a little breakdown or something like that. I included uh, oh, I John Ness's part, open, open Your Eyes and Look North, and I yes. had from first to last, I was once lost, now I'm profound breakdown Yo, there. No, Ryan, actually, okay, dude, it took me a while for me to develop my technique. Like, whenever, like, I, I just did a while of, like, doing harmful throat shit, but eventually I found, like, a healthy one, but, like, I couldn't project with it, but, like, after months and months, I finally, like, I, like, I, it was on Open Your Eyes, where, like, I could finally project and, like, yell with it, it actually sounded like yelling fry, and it was Open Your Eyes, Look North, where I finally, like, like, basically, I turned Super Saiyan, and I was, like, screaming over the fucking breakdown. Like, it was... <laughs> that moment was great. Awesome, dude. Like, yeah, yeah like, 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 the thing, the thing about, like, looks like... Yeah, it clicks. There you go. Like, you just... You took the words right out of my mouth. Like, if you practice music, you read music, you study tabs, or you, like, you're trying to move your fingers up and down a guitar, like, just keep doing it. Just keep going. Keep doing it over and over, and eventually... Your just brain will put it. the pieces together, and it's just like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. It's hey, just kind dude. of creating comfort with what you're doing. You want to be comfortable. You never want to be having an apple up your ass, as our great guest Eric Victorino once said. <laughs> speaking oh, of guests, man, to a, to speaking of guests, Martin, 
was fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> that was great sick. episode. But yeah, let's let's get to our uh, recent listens. I I think we're all uh, kind of amped to talk about Eggy Pocket. Yeah, Eggy bro. Pocket. Bill, Bill so, Murray. If you know me at all, like you'd know that it like hurts me that I ha- that I'm actually here saying that probably one of the best albums to come out in 2020 is something called fucking eggy pocket but it's so damn good despite how like cringy that name is and like how cringy the bill murray aesthetic is but i like i love his music you know i've liked uh i liked his older stuff but he definitely brought it up a notch um for this new album and i don't know it's it's very impressive uh and I, I, I know I have a lot to say about it. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Easily probably one of the most genius things to come out this year. It's just like, this dude is doing everything that you see, like, some mainstream artists and some underground artists do. And they're doing it on accident, and it comes off real cringy. But something about the fact that Bill Murray's doing it and you know it's intentional, it's kind of like he's nudging you with his elbow and like winking at you, like, dude, get it, get it. Like, <laughs> well, a so, bunch of oxymorons that shouldn't work, but somehow just because of pockets, his right? Yeah, just because of his energy and his creativity and like his like good ear for like samples and just like, like song structure his and like, too. Yeah, like, he just owns he can it. Build, like, like a he's whole got, fan base. Very. Yeah. Yeah, and like the album hasn't even been out a week. Like it's Tuesday, it's on a week, and like we're here on a Sunday, and it's already almost at a million streams for an entire album with like no major label backing it. There's no machine behind Bill Murray. It's just Johnny Frank, and he's just doing his own thing. It's just like it's very admirable. It's very just like it's inspiring to see that somebody can take like meme culture and just kind of like supplant it into their like creative process and just yeah, create and it, their own it's so much it's so much more than that and like my i don't know i guess my perspective and this actually goes back to um that first attack attack album as well like there's just something about about uh john johnny frank he has the, the formula like a lot of people you know mix post-hardcore or pop-punk into, like, the newer EDM style or, you know, pop into post-hardcore and heavy music. And while while it's done, you know, well by some, not so well by others, and you have EDM artists like Illinium and Marshmello and Steve Aoki that, that have worked with people from the scene, the formula, like, just, it's just not right. And... I don't know, John, like, like Bill Murray, he has it down. Just, like, even Attack Attack that someday came suddenly, like, like, they had those, like, pop, like, poppy EDM-style melodies, and, like, I, I really think that they had the formula down even then, and obviously, like, kind of EDM and pop has um evolved since then, but I remember even back then, like, just being like wowed by it like you know they're not the first band to 
have like these poppy hooks and heavy music, but they did it in such a way that like they blended uh, both things like seamlessly and you know like Bill Murray did that and and like I mentioned in our chat like one of the last two songs like he he straight up uh, samples um, that DJ Snake uh, Justin Bieber song like he sampled the melody and worked it into the guitar and like yeah like he does a lot of stuff like adds meme culture like um, you know he sampled uh the macho man randy savage uh portal 2 he ad- he adds like saxophone he has like really good breakdowns steel guitar huh steel guitar i was going to say steel guitar also saxophone steel guitar he has a flute breakdown he has breakdowns that cater more to like post hardcore hardcore fans but then he has like easy core breakdowns also like it's just a like I don't know like a gumbo of like like so many different things and and it's done very well in in a way that that's not you know just sloppy I guess and it's not even just not sloppy it's like it's could easily be like it's very pop approachable too like this could easily like appeal to the masses I guess they if he really felt like doing that. For sure. Um, David, David, did you catch on that, Bill Murray, or did you not? Um, <laughs> I gotta be honest. Um, I low key slept on this a little bit. Like when I heard there was a John Mess feature, I, I that's the first track I jumped on, and then I listened to a few other tracks, and it's like, yeah, it's like it's like decent stuff, but like uh, I've been kind of like. Everybody's like, yo, check out Bill Murray, Bill Murray, Bill Murray, Eggy Pocket, Egg, Egg. And I'm like, uh, you know what? I'm going to listen to it when it's like less cool to listen to it. I don't know. My hipster instincts are wow. kicking in. No, I feel that. And I feel that, though. My it's so hyped up. I'm like, wait a little while to see. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want to listen to something. I do that. Because a lot of people like it, you know? Yeah, I, I, like I, I just can't. Yeah, you got to be trendy. cool, David. You Moses' know. favorite original i can't and, go with the crowd uh, dude, you guys know this i i know you guys have that like pers- perspective of me but there's plenty that i like that i don't know the masses like or that most people find cringy as well like you know yeah, like who listens to mumble rap moses yeah exactly i i like a lot of <laughs> mumble rap i like little peep you know so if i'm like <laughs> If I'm ever making fun of what you listen to, just be like, well, you listen to fucking Trippy Red and Juice World and, like, Lil Peep. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. Like, it, it's all, you know, love at the end of the day. We all have different, you know, taste, and it's okay. <laughs> we don't have to like everything. I don't know, man. It's not okay, it's not okay Moses. It's not... You know, Craig, like Craig Owens could fart through a walkie-talkie and put some auto-tune behind it, and Ryan would love it. <laughs> I, you have that track? Can you send it to me? Like, do you have it? Like, how do you I'm pretty it? sure you have it, like, deep in, like, the crevices of your, like, PC right now. Some uh, <laughs> unreleased demo that you found on MySpace back in the day. <laughs> he found it, dude. He found it on pure volume. It's secret, man. Freaking Jason Hale released it on like his SoundCloud, and now Moses has it, and he's holding it hostage. We're all in trouble. 
But yeah, like uh, <laughs> you know, um, I'm really looking forward into to what Bill Murray, you know, does. He's he has won me over. Um, like, and it, it's really weird because what you get at the surface could be like very off-putting to people with like, I guess his whole like aesthetic and appearance. But I think a lot of people gravitate to that too. Like, uh, I don't know. People like cringy looking shit, but like the music is so good. The lyrical content also, we haven't really talked about that. Wait, but did you, before we go and while we're still talking about the aesthetics, did you watch like the music videos he put? No, up? no, I saw them and I'm like, I don't need to watch this. Well, I mean, like, he oh, made them for uh, the release on Tuesday. <laughs> I watched, like, the YouTube, like, premiere of it. And, um, dude. dude, they're hilarious. I mean, they're just, like, loops of him, like, writing tractors around shit. Um, yeah, like, really see, saturated, like, 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 footage. Like, like, oh, he's, like, cleaning his face over stuff. But yeah, he always does culture, that. Like, I feel like he caters, like, that stuff caters to people that are into, like, I don't know South Park or what? What's that? Um, chip posting. Oh, there's a Bill Murray Reddit. Probably is. What? what what's that like show? Uh, like a about like the Community? like white trash cartoon people. Oh. Uh, hey, Bobby. King of the Hill. King of the Hill. King of the Hill. Like, like I feel like <laughs> the whole aesthetic, like you know, caters to to like that type of crowd, I but. Definitely the Adult Swim crowd, like people that like modern Adult Swim who like that, like Gen Z, like surreal humor. I don't know. I mean, they have footage of him. He's like walking beside Godzilla in the ocean. You're going to sit there and tell me that you wouldn't want to like walk beside Godzilla in the ocean and have everybody watch that. Like I said, video? I haven't I haven't watched it, but uh, you know what? I'll go ahead and do it. And um, then his he had a music video for one of his older songs. Um forgot what it was but it was just him putting his face over a bunch of like old Isn't like metalcore music videos oh <laughs> yeah the yeah. final no. like scene of it is him putting That's his, fa- his face over himself as, uh in a the, uh stick stickly video <laughs> yeah yeah that that was uh murray is with the human hair or whatever i don't think it was murray uh, i think it was another one but was it my feeling feeling yeah my feelings have feelings yeah okay well yeah i've seen that music video and like that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, like you know, and like it's that's really missing Moses. from from a uh, dance. Gavin dance is like like I guess really good lyrical content, and like I don't know, that's kind of like my favorite. Like one of my favorite parts is is like the lyrics behind the music. It's really good lyrics and like they're very sad, which yeah, really very sad. Super everything hard else is happening. Yeah, we should it's check like, in on him and make sure he's okay. I have. He's he seems like a pretty happy guy though. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's a he's a like very sentimental. He's just what like the antithesis to himself. Yeah, he's just like an he's like an oxymoron, dude. Like he sings sad stuff, but he's such a happy, upbeat, cheerful guy. So. I mean, it's just like a dichotomy. He's always like counterbalancing himself. It's it's interesting. And yeah, like he's talked about like thing. he's talked about on his Facebook page like about like one of the song or like someone said like one of their favorite one of his older songs was like one of his favorites or whatever or one of 
someone on his Facebook page said that their older album, his older album, was one of their favorites. And he, and then Johnny commented on it, and he said, "I'm so glad you like think it was my that you love this album because like this was like a really like low point in my life or whatever. I don't remember what album it was specifically, but like he did it in such a nice way, and he's like so happy that someone likes it. So it's like really interesting, honestly, because it seems like he might actually have like or have issues, I guess, but like at the same time, he's just such a nice kind person at least the interactions i've seen with them and he's you know making memes out of himself and shit and so he's obviously has like a sense of humor and stuff i don't know it's, he's a very interesting guy yeah um the album was you know it's only uh seven songs which i think like the most songs an ep can have is like six and then it's not considered an EP anymore, and I thought that was kind of interesting, because, like, you know, I like a good, like, 9 to 12 song album, but I think maybe the fact that it's only seven songs kind of works to his benefit, because um, it leaves you wanting more, and there's nothing that's skippable, um, you know, which is often a, the case for even songs that that are, like, 12 songs long, like, or albums that are 12 songs long. Like, um, you know, there's ones that you kind of skip past. Like, even Dance, Gavin Dance, who's, like, one of the most creative bands and, you know, like, my favorite band, and I wish I had more music from them. Like, I, I kind of wish that, and, like, it'd be cool to get, like, a something like a double LP from them. But even, like, you know, aside from maybe Downtown Battle Mountain 2 and Mothership, like, uh, most of the, like most of the albums are gonna have like a song or two that I'm gonna, gonna skip ahead and not really check out. But yeah, like what what do you guys what else do you guys think about Eggy Pocket? Um, I guess I'll say is like this album kind of low key like inspired me to start like writing music again, honestly, <laughs> which is something. I mean, I th- I think it. I mean, I think it's probably. I mean, this was up from absolutely cranking my motherfucking hog. It was, like, probably where I first, like, kind of got inspired. But, like, the whole album just, like, making me, like, get back and play guitar and stuff and, like, write lyrics. And so I really appreciate it. But the other thing is, like, I started trying to figure out how to play absolutely cranking my motherfucking hog. And, like, that song is, like, almost, like, two chords, basically. Like, it's very simple. It's just everything else he puts around it. I mean, it's a little more than two chords, but, like, I think a lot of it is basically, it's, like, you're kind of modulating the chords a little bit, but, like, it's very, it's very simple, and so it kind of gave me, like, a little bit more appreciation for what he's doing, because musically, I think, like, just straight up musically, like, it's not, like, a lot, but, like, it is, like, there's so much going on with it, so definitely going to try to play through some more stuff. I didn't know you are into making your own music, man, but... Yeah, even in myself, like, there's, like, some tracks that are written where it's, like, they just write around, like, a couple chord progressions that are super simple, but, like, they just, like, it, it works with the songs. Like, it's, it's it becomes a, ca- a, a song that's, like, just catchy, but simple, like, and it works for it, you know? Like, it, it, that's something I've kind of struggled, like, how do people find that balance of, like, just writing really simple but really catchy music? 
Um, I mean, I guess pop in general, kind of, but you know. I'm yeah, I don't know. That. I guess it's very de- like dependent on like what kind of music you're trying to write. Cause yeah, I know when when I'm kind of like uh, writing stuff, it's more like I guess inspired by like like almost hip hop beats or like uh, you know like neo soul and all all R and B, just very kind of like relaxing stuff. So it's mainly gonna you know like almost a drums and bass kind of take the forefront and the guitar is just kind of like they're chilling in the background kind of like a little melody going on so yeah, yeah. i think it, it just kind of depends on what you're trying to write sure yeah and, uh, even like to, so like i have a question when's the when's the demo team band gonna start <laughs> oh man that that's probably gonna like would sound like eggy pocket gone wrong like I mean, a bunch of different influences. I mean, Cash. Oh my seems God, to we're the next attack attack. What? <laughs> I'm just what saying, is... like, Cash seems to have like a deep understanding of music. Like, he understands it a I'm lot better than a lot of playing it though. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. The computer will do it for you. Yeah, Cash. If anything, we should get, we should get together, and I can like write some acoustic guitar for Ryan to scream over. Even I can, I can already know how to use DAWs. I know how to like, I mean, I have a whole SoundCloud of like shitty instrumentals. I mean, <laughs> if you guys ever want to just like fuck around, I mean, it'd be great advertisement. We should, yeah. man. Maybe we the could come up with like band. a theme song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like an intro song. We should be able to do that. Yeah. Like a little demo team jingle, like at the beginning or, you know, intro. I'll, Not I'll a jingle. A... It's gonna be really like heavy and dark, like a secret band song. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about this this week, like with you uh, and the hoodies and or the, the ideas we had this week, especially. Definitely, we're about to have another podcast length here. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I do kind of have to eat soon, so like, shoot. Y'all trying to Wanna get wrap it up? recent listens? Yeah. Yeah, let's get your recent listens, Dave, and we'll let you go. Yeah, um, shoot. I, I've, been, I've been all over the place, uh, but Ween by Ocean Man. Or, wait, no. Ocean, Ocean Man, Man by, by Ween. Ween. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so that track was featured at the end of the SpongeBob movie. This is and, true. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's where I, it, I was introduced from it, but, like, I found it again, and... Ah, oh, that song. I really love that song. Like, just the instrumentals and the whole vibe. And, like, looking at, like, reception, like, a lot of people were like, God, this song's actually, like, really fucking sad. Or, like, I don't know, just, like, the vibes of it kind of give you, like, a sad vibe afterwards, even though it sounds kind of happy. Um, but, yeah, Ocean Man. And, of course, dude, the past couple weeks I've been jamming Sight Sets, Steady Breathing by Stay Still, man. Yo, Ryan, your band put together a pretty dope track man been on a repeat here and there um i appreciate that yes sir it warms warms the cockles of my heart to hear that yeah dude especially the fucking like the chorus like that fucking guitar like 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 i said i kind of compared it like secret band even like just like you know like a chorus section where it feels like you're in a fucking tornado like i love that um but uh and i also got a say it ain't so by Weezer, of course, you know, been jamming some of the classics. Um, I also got Roundabout. It's uh, 
the outro song to JoJo. It's like a their season Wait, one outro song. Is that by um? Who is it? By? Yes. Is that the a band name? Yes. Yeah. Or is um, that is there a different roundabout? Roundabout. Probably a different roundabout. Like I don't think yes, would yes, have yes. F on JoJo. It is yes. Yes. Well, I mean, because they used English songs for um. Yeah. Like, they I mean, they did. They, they did a what's it called? The end of uh, Evangelon, right? They did the Sinatra song. Yeah. I mean, if you listen, if you watch JoJo, you know that a lot of the characters are named after musicians and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dio. Where do you think Dio comes from, my friend? Oh, oh JoJo has been Dio. on my list of. You need to watch JoJo. It, it's like if if you like Bill Murray, you'll love JoJo because this is where all, all your memes are coming from. Dude, it's a lot of oh. fun. Yeah, I, I recommend it. Moses. Definitely. Wait, so they play Roundabout at the end of it though? It's a yeah. cool song. That's. That's actually in the show. Like, I don't know if it's the official song. roundabout or it's the cover, but it sounds like the original version. I mean, it's that song is really cool because it's like basically just a jazz jam, but like you know, classic rock doing it. So, oh uh, yeah, it's it's a, the rhythm section and the bass is having a lot of fun. Uh, but no, yeah, if y'all haven't watched it, like they literally end like every episode with like like a cliffhanger and the song plays like it's it's literally like one of the memes it's great yeah definitely recommend jojo's and that song it's just a flat out good song and then i got a earth wind fire and air remember <laughs> just another like you know i just went back and i was like wow this song's actually like fucking hype um and then i got shooting stars another meme okay i realize a lot of my recent listens have been like meme songs just like really popular catchy songs that became memes but oh, shooting star, the boom, boom, Yeah, I used to, <laughs> I used to listen to that song, like by yeah, it's by the Bad Graders, way before it even became a meme. Like back in, shoot, I'm trying to think. It was like one of my first jobs, like working at a Jamba Juice, and like they like, we'd always like listen to it there, and it was like. It have to it it had to be like at least like five years before the song even like became that like like that random meme. <laughs> I mean that's a solid meme though, dude. That meme was like that gave me life for like a couple. Dude, like, it was so summer. good, yeah, and it got me to like listen to the song again. Like <laughs> that song's really good too. I ain't even gonna front like that's just that, yeah. I just put you on a like you feel like you're going off into like space with that dude like spinning. Yeah, you feel like you're in the meme. So, yeah, basically to get my recent listens, I kind of just like had like this playlist of a bunch of like, you know, a bunch of diverse shit. I kind of just got high and listened to a bunch of weird ass shit that kind of made me feel high. And this one kind of peaked it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it was a fun time. Um, but yeah, um, like I said, I actually do kind of got to go. But yeah, um, that was my recent listens. It's been a pleasure, y'all. Um, I guess one of y'all can go after but I do kind of have to dip. Yeah, man. Plug yourself. <laughs> do plug himself. He does plug that yourself. on his OnlyFans. Make sure you subscribe. Oh, yeah. My OnlyFans, you can hit me up at uh, Andre P99. <laughs> Understudy name, of course. Uh, no, but yeah, you can hit me up on Instagram, Pottinger.david. Uh, Facebook, David Pottinger. Hit me up and we can chat. But yes. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. All right, later, man. Peace later. Out.
Peace, dude. Oh, we should have dinner's getting lighter and lighter. We gotta be sure to tell David good job because this is probably yeah he kicked ass on the podcast today. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was on game. The hard hitting questions. He's like our own Katie Kirk, secret man. He was even throwing the acapella beats out, man. Moses, he even got Moses doing acapella beats. Oh yeah, you caught that. <laughs> I'm like, because I knew like, exactly what he was talking about, and I do love that riff, uh, like uh, for Blood Sucker. And oh, mm-hmm. and also I did the burn from <laughs> from uh, you wanted to hear him. the what was it the jiggler? <laughs> yeah, like I added a little vibrato yeah, I... to it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So back to recent listens. Honestly, I've been jamming out to like Eggy Pocket nonstop. But other than that, um, Deftones released like the next. I guess single from their uh, remix of White Pony last week, which yeah, it was Passenger remixed by Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park, and it did not disappoint. Like it, like it. I don't know. During the verses, it goes into like this really cool, tri- like chill, like trippy beat, and then like the choruses are like super big, and um, I don't know, like. I guess kind of like dubstep style that like you would hear from somebody like Knife Party uh, or Kill the Noise. Um, uh, I guess 303 and 100 Gex. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, they released a new song too. and man, I, I loved everything 100 Gex did up until then. Um, but I'm going to put the blame on 303. I was never really into them i mean that one song was really catchy though i'm not gonna lie uh don't trust a hoe is that trust what it's called um uh, uh i think it's called don't, don't trust, trust hoes but yeah that's the chorus i think it's don't trust yeah. me is what there you it go is, but. there you go um yeah. i've been listening to this chick called uh benny and um I'm trying to think. She was actually featured on some, oh, on Joji's album, but like she just released her debut album, and it's really cool if you're into kind of like the underground, like hyper pop, like Grimes and and stuff like that. Uh, you might like it. Foster the People came out with like two new songs, and they're pretty good. Um, our buddy Joey Holiday, man, he like. Uh, there's two songs that that dropped that featured him on vocals. One was Peach Tree Oranges and Bernie Sanders, something or other, by an artist called Whitmire. And the other song is called Nobody Above You by a group called After Hours. And both are kind of like R&B style. And honestly, man, that guy is a fucking star. And... Like, he deserves to blow up, and I really hope he does, because he's really talented and very versatile. Like, he, you know, he can, see, you know, sing on anything, and it, it's fire. Fire! Um, sea Haven, fire. which is one of my favorite bands, uh, they released their new album, and... Yeah, like, I think the the last album that they released was almost a decade ago, which is pretty crazy to think about um but yeah they're changed 
yeah, they're a super talented band. Um, it's a good album. Uh, yeah, if you're kind of into like kind of dark, sad stuff, I guess check it out, or maybe don't check it out if you don't want to get in like that kind of mood. But if yeah, if you're into like Armor for Sleep or I don't know, maybe Title Fight, Balancing Composure, things like that. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, Donovan Malero released a new single, um, which is cool. Did you check kind it of, out, dude? Yeah. Have you? What did you think? Oh, yeah, you know. I was, that was going to be on my recent listens. I, I liked it. It's kind of different than what I'm like used to hearing from him, but I'm definitely mm-hmm. stoked to hear more kind of like stripped down uh, Donovan. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of reminded it kind of reminded me a little bit like on Nova Charisma, I think EP two, like a Diary Don't Speak, kind of had like a little bit of that vibe to it a little bit because it's just like different kind of instrumentation. I really yeah. enjoyed it too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think on the podcast I, I mentioned this group called Moonchild, and they're just very mellow, like I guess indie R and B type of vibe, uh, neo soul, like if. You, you're into like i don't know maybe if you're even into like eternity for forever you would dig it it's not as weedly but definitely got that chill vibe um i don't know other than that uh just been listening to like some hip-hop i know you guys aren't into it but feature and and little uzi vert released like a um a collab album and it's you know, it's really good. It's like the main thing that I've been listening to. Other than Eggy Pocket, uh, St. John dropped a new album. That's good. But uh, two weeks ago was like the 15 year, no, not 15, 25 year anniversary of uh, Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan's uh, solo album, Liquid Swords. And if you haven't heard that, oh shit, that like it still holds up. It's probably one of the best, like, solo albums from uh, a Wu-Tang member. Um, I know that you recently were checking out uh, MF Doom's stuff. Um, I don't know. I I think if you were to check this out, Ryan, you'd probably find some stuff you would like. It's kind of similar as far as, like, the beats and and the flow. What was that again? Like the, uh, it's the called artist? Liquid Swords by the Jizza. Oh, the from Wu Tang, right? Huh? From Wu Tang? Yeah, from Wu Tang. Yeah, of course. You said Wood Kid or Liquid Swords? Sword? Oh no, you keep cutting out, but. I cutting out? My bad. I was trying to just hear what you're saying. I guess you're cutting out for me, too. Mm. It's mutual. Oh, shit. Well, anyways, that was all my uh, recent listens. So, one of my homies um, is in this band called Levity. And I think by the time this comes out, they would have dropped their new single. But I guess Levity... Um, I know them through, like, Swan Posting. Uh, they kind of remind me of, like... Uh, brand new meets like maybe like Silverstein or something. Uh, yeah, they're pretty cool, and you should definitely give them a listen because 
they're you know up and coming. Um, I also listened to the three hundred three hundred Gex song. It was all right. I listened to a lot of Azalea Banks. Um, listened to a little Jeremiah because I heard he was in the ICU because of COVID. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, he has a great a little, voice. He does. I like him a lot. Um, listened to a little Whitney Houston. Um, I was listening to Kitchen, which do y'all know Kitchen or? No. I feel like I feel like you know most, but they're kind of like lo-fi, like um, like emo revival stuff, I guess. Kitchen, uh, like. Sure. Just Kitchen. The Kitchen, like the thing you'll get the food out of. Yes. Oh man, Don't I've actually like never heard of them, but I'll probably check them out. Yeah, all right. Um, listen to a little Oso Oso. No shit, are um, they coming out with new stuff? I don't know, honestly. I haven't really kept up with them. I just kind of threw some of their stuff on recently. They were they were interesting. Yeah, I like them. Little Shrezzers. Um. I was also listening to Weezer as uh, our uh, colleague David was, and uh, and also Ozma, who I think is better than Weezer. It kind of sounds like them. Oh shit! I haven't um, heard that name in a long time. Yeah, dude, I love Ozma. And uh, had a uh, with sales ahead who just dropped a new single. Oh yeah, I saw that. How was it? That's pretty good. And. That's it for me. Oh, and uh, I guess T-Rex. Yeah, that's it for me. Like a T-Rex? You just listen to like a T-Rex roar into your ear? <laughs> yep. Exactly. That? That just, that was great. Almost got eaten. Oh, and also the distillers. Oh, oh dude. Sick. Love me some distillers. Yeah, they're cool. That, they're cool. They had a badass bass player um, who was who joined Boxcar Racer for a while. And I think yeah. it, was in, it was in Airwaves. Mm-hmm. Do you, what, what's y'all's uh, favorite Distillery song? What's that one I mean, that starts? It starts with like a bank robbery, like nobody moves, nobody gets hurt. It doesn't ring a bell. Shit. It's been a minute. Travis Barker's been right. No, that you're thinking of. Um, uh, fuck. What, what was their name? Uh, they have that song, California Babylon. Transplants. You're thinking of transplants. Dude, I'm fucking we're stupid. I'm all looking at distillers right now. I'm hella dumb. Save Evangel. The distillers was uh Brody. Uh, Brody Dale. Um, she was married to Tim Armstrong. From there's, Rancid and, and Transplants, and then she married the guy yeah. from uh, Queens of the Stone Age. But oh, dude, I I I love uh, the Distillery, City of Angels, uh, Beat Your Heart Out. Um, like, dismantle Me is really that? good. Drain the Blood's good. Dismantle Me, Dismantle Me was yeah, was my shit. Great band. Yeah, well, I guess and, uh, I should get to my recent. Go for it, Ryan. <laughs> of course. Were you going to say something, Cash? I didn't want to cut you no, off. I was, was going to tell you to 
get on there, son. Get on there, man. I mean, Silverstein came out with the Redux album, you know, Redux or Redo. But yeah, I saw um, that. I mean, I mean, they didn't really put any of my favorites on there, so I'm not like too rushing into it. But they got the Eyes of March. That was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, um, I actually had them on my recent listens because uh, they dropped the Acoustic California off of that. But uh, nice. I didn't think it was worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I I wish they would have, because I mean they're redoing songs. I wish they would have picked some more of my favorites, but it is what it is. Um, Smashing well, they Pumpkins probably keeps already dropping. did your favorites, because this is like the third. This is the second one, isn't it? Part no, it's two. The third one. Is it? Damn. Yeah. They're running out of my favorite songs. What's going on here, Silverstein? But. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins dropping like singles, and I don't know why I keep subjecting myself to it, but I do because there's just something about it that's just so like low functioning that I like it. It's it's definitely not anything like old Smashing Pumpkins, but it's interesting to say the least. I mean, there's probably somebody out there that's just like like bashing their head against the wall because they're just really mad that Smashing Pumpkins isn't writing like 1979 anymore, but. It is what it is. Not even their best um, song. Issues came song, up with. But not even their best song, then. What, you gonna, what, what, Probably tonight's nice song. Night, if it's honestly. not. Tonight, tonight's good. We're going to say song. today is the greatest day. Today's a good one. That's a good one, too, but. I, mean, I wouldn't say it's their best. What would you say is their best, then? I'm like. Mayonnaise? I would. like Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Have you ever heard of that one? That Mayonnaise. The guitar in that song is so fucking good. Nice. I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, the end is the beginning of the end or some shit like that. Like, like, like there's a fast version. The wings. Like if you're gonna go off, go with like a single. I think that might be their mm-hmm. strongest single. Yeah. That's, Everlasting I mean, Gaze is a good song good. too. Zero is good. Yeah, I like Zero. I like Zero. Cherub Rock. Cherub Rock's good. But I mean, I I don't mind Billy Corgan's voice. I kind of dig it. So I, I was I digging on the new song Purple Blue. I, I I mean I could move on to Buried Alive. They came out with a new song called Grape Digger. Jay Thubes came out with a new song Seal and Deal while sealing the deal. Um, I also checked out Donovan Malero's uh, That City. That, that is really good. And Managuchi's got a new song out right now with Jamie Brooks. It's really good. Oh, shit. Gotta check it out, dude. It should. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for Managuchi. Hell yeah. Like, I don't know. I've, uh, I, I like kind of jumped on like when, because uh, I know they're doing the Scott Pilgrim like remake game. So I'm really excited, hoping they like make some more music because the soundtrack to the Scott Pilgrim video game was really good. And it was done by uh, Anna Managuchi. Anna Managuchi. Anna Managuchi, I guess. Anna Mana. Someone, someone get a, the correct pronunciation. But other than that, I've been listening to the sound that ends creation. They're more like a math core, like screamo band. They're really good. You guys should check them out. Um, and the Arson Choir, I don't know if you guys ever, they're like really riffy, really good. They got a, r- a couple good songs like Vanisher, Knife Me for it, like really good band. They're out from like our neck of the woods for local bands. So I definitely cannot recommend uh, the Arson Choir enough. And 
Keanu DiCaprio has a new song out, and definitely, if you guys have never checked out Keanu DiCaprio, I recommend them. We're going to have Ghost He's one half of the team. We've had Sad Boy Sam from Swim Gustavo on the show before, but I think December 6th, we're going to have one half of these dudes on the show. So definitely check that out. And I guess I can close out like my recent listens. I found this really cool band. They had, I don't know. I like band names. And uh, for some reason, this one, Hostile Array, it just sounded cool. So I've been jamming them. They're really good. Kind of like more of like a hardcore band. But um, that pretty much closes it for me for on recent listens. Do you guys want to plug the socials now? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. This is going to be a two and a half hour podcast. What's up? No, it won't. Uh, yeah, it'll be two hours. We started at, we started at this time two hours ago. It's not two and I mean, a half I hours. In, almost. I mean, we'll, I mean, there's probably some. There's a difference between two and a half hours and two hours. <laughs> yes. Squeeze it in. Think thin. Plus, we don't have to anyway, you can find me. John best farting stuff in it either. We can cut that out. Yeah, for sure. Just kidding, we're not. Yeah, we don't want. <laughs> if you don't cut it out, I will. Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging. Anyway, you can find me on Instagram at Ryan slash slash. That's two words slash slash. Yeah, they're all together, one after another. You can find my band at Stay Still Official on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at demo team podcast we're pretty much the demo team podcast everywhere uh cash mo you go i gotta cough real quick uh i'm through being mo on instagram shout out to the lord's bible study 18 and over on facebook amen um yeah amen um you can reach me at uh, Cash Tool Man Spicer on Twitter or the Cash Lean Spicer on Instagram. Definitely uh, listen to Mark Bianchini. Oh, yeah. Check out Secret Band. He's already played on most of your favorite Dance Gavin Dance songs. And I know y'all only listen to that stuff, so you're probably good in that regard. But definitely listen to some Secret Band. All right. Deuces. Later. Peace.